everybody. Welcome to our live stream. Uh, tonight is a, a guest who's been here before, but tonight's going to be a little bit different because uh, it's going to be a conversation between two friends. You see, uh, my guest tonight is Kirk Cameron, and uh, both of us are husbands. We're both fathers. I'm a grandpa. I don't think he is. Not yet. No, not yet. So uh, we're going we're gonna to just walk through with all of you. And some of you say, oh, I'm tuning out. This sounds boring. Trust me, it isn't. Uh, a lot of people are trying to process what's taking place and what we're supposed to do. And the two of us have had some really candid conversations. And so uh, tonight I want to welcome my dear friend, brother, and uh, fellow thinker, Kirk Cameron. Welcome, man. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, great, great to be here, Rob. And, good to uh, have you. Yeah, good to be good to be talking about all this. I, I love how you just said that because uh, we're all watching videos that our friends send us on social oh, media. We're watching YouTube videos. We're reading articles that are coming in. We're getting notified fifteen thousand times a day about a new emergency situation, a new uh, piece of hopium, as as you call it. Yeah. And those things are exciting, but then. When 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 you know when when the curtains close and, and all all of the hoopla kind of settles, we're left with our thoughts in the middle of the night, or with our spouse, or with our kids, and we're trying to pick up the pieces of all this stuff and make sense of it all. Yeah, and that's not easy right now. And it, and it seems like it, the the speed of it is increasing. I mean, we're watching censorship, um, we're watching t- Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I mean, unprecedented censorship. Uh, we're watching turmoil happen in the Capitol. We're we're watching Americans being pitted against one another. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and and you and I, operating in the context that we do, I, I have never experienced threats, but yet that's where we are at this point. It's it's odd to me. And then on Sunday when I spoke, um, we're in the process. I haven't done it yet because we're doing it in a in a manner that's going to um, let everyone know, but. I'm, I'm, I'm done with Instagram. I'm done with Twitter. We're going to close those accounts. I currently do have an iPhone. I'm going to a regular phone. And, and people think, well, you're a Luddite and you're avoiding uh, technology. Um, I'm not afraid of technology. I'm just not going to be owned by it. Yeah. Yeah, and technolo- I, I was there on Sunday when you gave that sermon. And I'm thinking like, oh, man, uh, do I need to get rid of my iPhone? Do I need to get rid of Facebook? And I'm like, wait a minute, I've, I, I've got a lot of people who are like desperate for a voice of reason here and there. And I'm thinking, well, maybe for Rob, he's got uh, channels and priorities and, and, and ways to go. And, and that may not be the same for me. Should I cancel my Facebook page? I'm thinking, well, I think I can give some messages of hope out to a lot of people who are watching there. Yeah. And at the same time, I agree that I, I don't want to be controlled by it and just thumbing through my feeds because that's just going to consume my mind and I'm not the best and I'm not what I need to be for my family or for my country. Well, and I don't, I, I don't want to give revenue to those that would censor and, and destroy the things I care about. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Why would I participate in a system that has no interest in my voice and just wants to yeah. use me uh, in that capacity? So I think See, everyone has to make that decision personally. Great, because when you say that, a lot of people look up to you. You know, a lot of people look to you, and they're like, "Oh man, if, if Rob's going to cancel his stuff, do I need to cancel my stuff? Am I less of a of a Christian if I don't do that?" And uh, and so that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. Like, like how do we how do we understand that we each have different roles in the kingdom, different roles to help each other? And it does it mean we all we all should do that? Does it mean that? Some of us should and some of us shouldn't. What do you... What do you... Yeah, that's a... Well, the, the scripture says all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. Yeah. 
And when I say profitable, I don't, I don't mean like dollar signs. You said something telling as you were just sharing earlier. You said, you know, uh, it, it occupies so much of your life that it, it takes away the things that are important, like your family. Yeah. Because you're worrying about what someone's saying on social yeah. media. And social media is a monster where, you know, at first it's like, wow, people are following me and I have a voice. And the next right. thing you know, it's a monster that's feeding on you. Yeah. And, and they have the network of people and they... Yeah. And, and I, I love what you said earlier before we began. You said, you know, if Jesus was dependent on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram to get the message out, he'd be beholden to an, a tech oligarchy. Um, yeah. now, now, again, again, technology's great, yeah. but when it's in the hands of a few who are going to decide what gets to yeah. be said, then we need to figure out other avenues. Totally. I, I, I agree. And uh, I was thinking to myself... Um, you know, this is a really good thing when we see because of the censorship and people are getting thrown off Twitter and then people who don't agree with the with the leftist narrative, uh, conservatives who want to get out a, a different story, they're being thrown off. But now we're saying, hey, wait a minute, let's not be dependent upon them. Let's create our own channels and our own platforms that weren't that they're not being controlled by the other side. That would be that would be like Jesus wanting to get the message of the gospel to the ends of the earth by depending on a system created by the Pharisees, yeah. using a f- platform that the Pharisees controlled. Th- that, that wouldn't work. Um, so I see that as a gift, that we're doing these kinds of things and creating these new avenues and platforms. Um, and yet I still see a conflict. Charlie Kirk is all over social media, and he knows that's the best way to get his message out to people. I don't think he's canceling Instagram. Well, think about it this way, too. Uh, and, and I don't have the answer to that. It, uh, you know, that, that's for Charlie to yeah. say. But I, I, I would point out that Turning Point USA has invested uh, a, a lot of time, effort, and money into building what they have in oh, the yeah. social media platform. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's going to represent millions and millions and millions of dollars when they walk away or if they walk away uh, from those platforms. And, and it's going to totally re design and yeah. and you know it it how, how they approach I, business i think that would be honestly that would be thrilling well, to y- so y- many people if it was like finally we're not dependent on people who can just pull the plug at any moment that'd be the best thing we should oh and we but we need to do that not only with tech but we need to be doing that with education and not dependent upon government schools we need to be doing that with uh uh Medicine. Yeah, we need to be doing that with everything. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> uh, Prager University. Yeah, basically uh, Facebook and yeah. What would they do with all, that YouTube and Facebook? But but YouTube and Facebook has pretty much shadow banned them, and all they have is yeah. their website, and the traffic dropped precipitously. It's getting real. Yeah, it is getting real. The question is, will people search enough or will they be lazy and just be spoon-fed? And just roll over. Yeah, because most people get their information uh, pre-processed. Yeah. It's, it's baby food. Matter of fact... Man, that just makes every hair on the back of my neck go up. I'm, I'm in the lean-in, work-hard, and let's-figure-it-out crowd. Yeah. That's the team I'm, I want to be on. Well, I don't want to be around those people. It, but you're the guy that gets But I don't want to be around the psycho who's like, slinging his guns, going, yeah. let's 1776 this thing. Yeah. Although I understand that there was a 1776, and we're grateful for that. But that's one of the things I want. It, you know, when do you know it's that time? Nobody wants to go to that time. Well, somebody, some people want to go to that time. I don't want to go to that time. I want to say, 
If I repent and humble myself before the Lord, if I turn my, my face to God and I say, cleanse me of my sin, show me the right way, let me do this and let me bring others into your kingdom and let's the, have the gospel transform the hearts of those in politics, transform the hearts of those in, 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 in big tech and raise up kids who will, who will move into those positions of leadership, I'm all for that plan. I know that's the long route, yeah. but I think that's the best route. It's the, it's the, it's the systemic, holistic or, you know, way to, to grow anything. But I think we're in a dire moment right now. What do we do before we become, the, we become China? Okay. That, school me. That's a lot, to, go, that's a lot to unpack. But that's in my head. Look at I, my head. You got stretch marks. Look at my ear. I oh, have good stretch Lord. marks in it's my crazy. head. And you're, you're getting a little more gray. I am. Yeah. I, I, wore the, I wore the light gray shirt to kind of highlight the speckles in yeah, my but hair. It's wisdom. That's what it is. All right. Well, let, let's look at it this way. The strength of a man is measured by the power he possesses that he doesn't use. Mm. So, nails didn't hold Christ to the cross. Right. He was God. That was power under control. Yeah. And that's what meekness is. Strength under control. It's a bit in a horse's mouth. And, and who is our master? That's the question. Who's our master? Is the Lord orchestrating it? Or are we being driven by their narrative? Yeah. And, and is, you, is your God so minimal and your plan so myopic that all you have is force? Meaning you, you, want, you, you want to go right to force. Yeah. I'm just going to stake out my spot on the top of my roof and just wait for the enemy. Like, yeah. Like that? Right. Really? You want to go to that plan right now? And you look at the founders. 25 years of contending with King George, and they meticulously listed every violation mm -hmm. and everything that they did. And then they beseeched God, made sure they were right with God. They invoked the Lord four times in the Declaration of Independence. They pledged their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor. They, they had a community. They had John Hancock who had money. They had Thomas Bain who had the ability to, you know, uh, inspire people. They had a great general in Washington. Mm -hmm. They had folks who wanted to protect their private property, farmers who were willing to fight. They were unified. And, yeah. and yet one in nine Americans fought in the Revolutionary War. And they took on the greatest superpower on the face of the earth that had just de defeated the second greatest superpower, France. And then, and, and folks are saying, we're, we gotta, we, we gotta have a revolution. And then I think to myself, civil war, revolution, what are you talking about? Because if we go into the civil war, 2% of the population died on a field of battle, 650,000 soldiers. Today, that would be 6.5 million people. Uh. And, and you're ready for that now? But they stole the election in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and Georgia and Nevada and Arizona. Okay, so they didn't steal in Arizona. I mean, excuse me, they didn't steal in Florida. Right. Well, but they did do some shenanigans. They do shenanigans in every election. How is it that we won Garcia's vote or Garcia's seat, congressional seat, here in a blue district in California? And he did it twice. He beat Katie Hill and then he did it again. Young Kim, who, you know, she was back for freshman orientation in Washington, D.C., and they found some more of those harvested ballots, and she had to come back, and then the other person took her seat. And then this time around, she kept doing it. She won again. She won this time. The point is, no one's saying that there was, there was fraud in Florida. The, the election was concluded that night. All the votes had been counted. Uh, uh, one candidate won by 400,000 votes. No one said fraud about it. 
and now you want to give up on an entire system, say you're never going to vote again and you're going to go to guns and you want a revolution. Well, what's the difference between Pennsylvania and Florida? There were poll watchers. There were people who participated. This, they got caught flat-footed. And, and Georgia. I mean, you, you, we, you and I talked about a certain individual. I'll say his name, Lynn Wood. I, I struggle with the guy. You know, you, we have folks going door-to-door in Georgia, they come to the door and go, I'm not voting anymore. And this is the guy that... Why'd they say that? Because he was saying, don't vote. Why would he say don't vote? Because he said uh, with the two uh, senatorial candidates on the Republican side that they had not supported and they had abandoned all of the investigations in Georgia. He was just sowing seeds of discord. And, and that so was... So just let it go the other way? But, but the point is... The, the, the turnout for the special election for the senatorial was less than it was for the presidential election. Mm. So, now, people will say, and I know what they'll say, they would have just found more votes. They would have shut it down and found, yeah, okay. It's harder, though, the more you get. Well, they did that in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they did. So you got beat with a, a nefarious scheme. And, and your answer to that is, I'm never voting again. And I'm going to guns. No, no that's no good. It, it's the, the most. What should the answer be? What should the, what should the mindset be? Get involved locally with everything you do. Look, I can't change what the, we should have been doing all along. Yeah, I can't. People say drain the swamp. What is a swamp? A swamp is the 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 repository of all water that's flown downstream, right? It picks up all the sediment and all the sewage right. and everything, and it ends up in the swamp, lowest point. Right. But how did it get there? It started at a source, a spring, a lake, a snowmelt. And if you want to change the swamp, you got to change the source. And all elections are local. Get involved. Today's, today's dog catcher is tomorrow's Congress member. People can't name their school board members. They can't name their city council members. We abdicated that a long time ago. And most people want something simple. I just want to protect what's mine. It, almost like a libertarian point of view. Just I want government out of the way. And, and it's like a frontier mentality instead of involving in community and participating in the public square, the ecclesia. And so when it turns bad, the only thing they can think of, because they've never really participated in any of these things, they've never been to a school board meeting, they're just like, hey, they're coming after my stuff? That's it. Yeah. That's, that's a bad mentality. It's, yeah. it's dangerous. Listen, my, my inalienable rights have been violated. That of the church has been violated. They've, they've suppressed our First Amendment freedoms. And, and we have business owners, their Fifth and Fourteenth Amendment freedoms have been violated. They've mm-hmm. taken their businesses yep. without remuneration. They haven't paid them anything. They just shut them down with a virus that has over a 99% survival rate. And they've shuttered their businesses, and it's a transference of wealth. And we look at that, and we're all, we're all in this. We're frustrated. And 74, 75 million Americans are frustrated. And now we're being categorized as, as racist, systemically racist, because we voted for a man. And, and the racism isn't necessarily based on an immutable trait of the melanin content of my skin. Because you, you have folks who have more melanin than I right. do that hold to my political views that are not considered of, that, uh, of, of any race. I mean, it's dismissed. It's all ideological. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and, and they're dealing with an ideology. And, and, then, and then you get lumped in. Yep. You know, and it's... Um, yeah, I, was, I went for a run this morning, Rob. Uh, I try to... That's why you I, look I, good I and I'm kind of roly-poly. <laughs> every, time I, every time I think about exercising, no. if I lay down, that urge goes away. It just goes away. It just goes away. I know, I, I know the feeling. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm running back in the hills and I'm going for my run and uh, I come across a guy who's coming toward me and I, I, of course, don't have my mask on. I'm out in the middle of the wilderness out in the mountains and the guy's coming the other way and he doesn't have a mask on. I'm about 100 yards away from him and uh, he stops. He, he, you know, gears up with his mask and he literally just turns his back like this oh, God. and just gives me his back like this. And I was like, hi, good morning. Good morning. And it, it, it was like, it was like I felt like, I just wanted to say to the guy who wasn't saying anything back to me, like, sir, you're out in the middle of a place where you can have sunshine and fresh air and a friendly person coming up to you saying, good morning, happy new year. And you give me your back. And you, you make me feel like I'm your enemy. And I, I think you're doing it because you want to protect me from the virus. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But I would rather get the virus because I can recover from that. What I don't think we can recover from as a nation is people turning their backs to one another, not smiling and not saying good morning. I think if we get to that point, we've let the other side win. And the other side means that the haters of liberty, the ones who are seeking to divide us, to steal away our liberty and to destroy us. And, and it's, it's working out in the middle of nowhere on a trail where someone is either so racked with fear or has bought into a narrative that he thinks it's better to cover his face with nobody around and give me his back and not say hello. Yeah. That, that's a sad day in America. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and I, uh, it's tragic because we're not building community. Yeah. We're, we're creating fear and distancing and, it, and, and then polarization because with the cancel culture, you're dismissed if you carry a different narrative. Totally. There, there's, there's no more civil debate. It's gone. You know what's cool about that is that my, my kids are now noticing it. I used to try to give them the little morning devotional lesson. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I learned from David Barton or I learned from my friend Marshall Foster. And I say, kids, let me tell you what the problem is with top-down centralized government. And they'd be like, oh, dad, do we have to hear this again? I know, I know. You got to build it from the inside out and the bottom up, not from the top. But it was all just these sort of concepts uh, not attached to reality. But now my kids are going, Dad, the president was banned permanently from Twitter? Censored. Like, That's bad. I'm like, yeah. You know what that is? That's called the loss of freedom of speech. And freedom of speech is a right that we have. The ACLU is in his defense. I mean, come on. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Like the whole idea is, is, is not to protect popular speech, but unpopular speech. Yeah. That's the reason we have it. Yeah. So my kids are now going, that's messed up. That's messed up. Oh my goodness. I can't believe they're doing this. And then they read. Google took the app off the thing so you can't even upload the parlor. And, you can't and the my parlor. kids are now seeing it and I'm going, okay, this is good. They're actually learning a lesson right yeah. now. And they're beginning to look for other platforms and avenues. And I think, you know, what, what is it? Like stress or strain is the mother of invention? What, yeah. what is that phrase? Something like that. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, we need, we need to, to come up with yeah. a plan B. My, my biggest frustration has, has been the media, the press. Because... They're entwined in our same First Amendment rights. Right. 
And, and their job is to search and report on the truth. And, and they used to be the bravest, most diligent people you can imagine. And they'd be on the front lines. And now they report from home on a television, watching a video. And somehow they're getting a story while the community is being divided. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I just, I look at that and I think, how sad. Yeah. Where's, the, where's the diligence to contend and to... I mean, we went back there. We go to these locations. Mm-hmm. When we were when we did the worship event out at Port Wy- uh, Magoo, Point, Point Magoo, would they have a drone? Uh, well, yeah, that's the best reporter that they had was a drone. Yeah, they, they didn't see anybody on the ground. No, they, no. they had somebody flying up way up high. Yeah. Oh, look at all those lights down there. And you know, they missed the beauty of the whole thing. They did. It was great. I, I saw the I saw the ABC copper chopper chopper. Chopper cam, five thousand bucks an hour, and, and we looked, and we looked like these, like it was kind of like like the color was all like desaturated out of it, and we looked like a bunch of ants on the yeah. on the ground, like you know, just like doing bad things or something. But I have my pictures and my videos from my phone. It was the most beautiful candlelight yeah. vigil yeah, worship beautiful. service with God painting have you, uh, across uh, the sky. Have you heard of anyone? They missed the beauty of the whole thing. Has, has anyone contacted you from the event that? Uh, in the hospital, COVID, any? No. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I'm a pastor of a church that's been open since May 31st. We had one congregant contract COVID and died from it. Yeah. But didn't contract it from the church. As a matter of fact, hadn't been to church. Got it from his family. And uh, other than that, I know there's another lady who attended our church um, and, and th- th- she's a good friend of mine, mm. and her husband is as well. He's a, just a precious man. Uh, they haven't been to church in a year. And, and I, I said, did, did, you know, she's on a ventilator. I said, did she take HCQ? Did you watch any of the life? No, we didn't take any of that. Mm. My heart broke. And I, but other than that, some people um, had a cold or didn't feel well and and, and, and my I think we've got herd immunity. I, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Well, you, you know, that, that's a whole separate thing, you know, the, the idea of herd immunity and people think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my heart breaks for those who, and I have friends who have family members and close family members or close friends who have passed away. And COVID was devastating for them. And, uh, and, and, and I've got a 98-year-old grandmother. COVID, I, I, I think, would likely be devastating for her. So I, I get that. I want that. But I had a cool conversation with a guy at church on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and, and the guy behind me, uh, you know, we, he says hello. And I, I said, hey, what do you do? He says, I'm an actuary. I said, what's an actuary? And, Insurance. And, yeah, and, yeah. And I thought, this is the coolest thing. He goes, so for those of you who don't know what an actuary is, he said, I, I'm the guy that works for the life insurance company. Who decides... Don't say the company or the guy's name because they'll cancel. I don't even remember. Yeah, good. He said, what I, what I have to do is decide, based on this person who's applying for life insurance policy, how old are you, what's your lifestyle, and what are your health conditions like, and I'm going to predict how long I think you're going to live so I can tell you what the policy amount's going to be so that the, incom- the, the insurance company will likely make more money right. by the time you expire than what they have to pay out on your thing. So you're really good at predicting how long people are going to live. And I said, what, did you th- what do you think about all the stats with COVID? And he said, he said, do you know what the average lifespan is for someone living in a nursing home? Because that's where he deals. That's his, his world. It was like 78? He's, 
Uh, well, the, 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 the amount of time you will live if you're in a nursing home, he said, average two years. That's what we expect you're going to live. And so he said, so there's this rolling uh, amount of people who are in there and then expiring yeah. and leaving and all of that. And uh, he kind of went back and he said, so if you look in 2019 from March to September of 2019, this is okay. before COVID, right. he said 1.7 million people died. 1.7 million people. He said in 2020... How many people do you think died between March and September of 2020? He said, 1.7 million. No change. No difference. He's like, the same people who were going to die because they are in the elderly comorbidity range, and many of these people had two, three, four, five, six comorbidities. Yeah. He said, these were people who were, who, were, who were in a position to die soon anyway. And so he's saying... Statistically, the whole thing doesn't make sense to say that this was a pandemic that just killed all these extra people. He said, statistically, it didn't. And this is, this is my job. So in, in the last three weeks, there, there's been a, a large increase in deaths uh, across California and the United States as well. Um, we went from 200 plus to now over 300 deaths in the last, I think, two weeks. Um, and, and my... Uh, my grandson, who was stillborn, we buried him yesterday, and uh, we were at the uh, mm. cemetery, and um, we, you know, we had his little coffin, and and uh, is talking to the folks from the mortuary, and you know, we had to wait a while to bury Theodore, and uh, they have a backlog because the county's not signing the death certificates, and there's paperwork that's involved, mm. but but. What they said at the mortuary is they've got a backlog of people who've, who've died. And they're seeing about eight a day where they used to get one to two a week. So this is, this is a high, very high time. He said, I haven't seen, it's almost like we're going to have to open the emergency, what they call coolers or refrigerators. But my comment to him was, I mean, this virus is, is so deadly to 65 and older with comorbidities. We've known this. And to be able to build herd immunity in, in the seasons where influenza and pneumonia are not prevalent, which is the summer months, we muzzled everybody and distanced us. And now we come into the winter months. Where we know it's going to be bad. And you take influenza and you take pneumonia and you take these other issues that come during the cold seasons and drop onto top of that, this nightmare. Mm. Uh, and you're just watching elderly folks. It's awful. So... You know, California, which practices social distancing, shuts the restaurants, um, and New York, too. We have the highest death rates. It's just terrible. And they go, and you say, what about Sweden? Oh, Sweden's terrible compared to the other Nordic countries. Okay, Finland, Norway, I get it. But compare them to the rest of Europe and compare their deaths per 100,000 to the U.S., they're, they're not even close. I mean... We're, we're watching as they're not killing their families by the highest number of, of overdose, overdose deaths in the history of the United States in a 12-month period. Is happening right now. Right now. They don't talk about that. We don't even yeah. see the suicide data. They don't give it to us. Mm. So, you know, the, there's just so many questions about it. But where's the investigative reporters? They'll get canceled if they try to go in. But they're, you know, somebody brave needs to stand up and take a look at it. Well, I, I, I agree. I, I would love to talk about 
um, just per personal plans for mental health, yeah. mental stability right now. And, and, and I got some ideas. I wrote a couple of these things down. Tell, tell me what you think of these. I like how you, you take notes. I take you're, notes. You're an old I, school. Yeah. Um, so I feel like many people in our country, tell me if you agree or disagree, that feel like they have been in fight or flight mode for at least since the election. This has been a couple of months now. Fight or flight mode. It's either like you want to fight or you want to escape. You just want to get out of here. I just want to, I just want to get away to where none of this stuff is going on or I want to break something. I want to, I want to, I want, I want to get into it. And I think of fight or flight mode, it, it, that's not a place that you can live in for a long time. I think, I think that's when adrenaline is high, when, when you know, mothers who, who, who lift a car up off yeah. their baby, right? Yeah. They have this supernatural strength, but that's like drinking these Red Bulls of yours uh, all day long. This is, and, it's iced coffee. Back okay, off, coffee. man. Come on. Right? That, that's not your normal uh, energy system, uh, the fight or flight adrenal, adrenaline. Um, and fight or flight is basically about you're in survival mode. Yeah which is all about self-preservation. And when I'm in self-preservation mode, I'm not thinking about other people, I'm thinking about my own hide. And, and that's not a good place for people to be in. And, and I thought of this, I thought, okay, I can always go back to the cross and the gospel and, and probably find my answer right there, whether it's God's mercy or his judgment or whatever it is. And I see Jesus, Jesus was never about preserving himself, right? He, he, he allowed himself to be sacrificed on the cross. He was all about purposing himself to do the will of the Father under the current circumstances, right? He said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Uh, he said, if, if anyone chooses to uh, save his life, he'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake and for the Gospels, you'll find it. Birds of the, earth have, birds of the air have nests, the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That's, that's right. Uh, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross. Pick up his cross and follow me. And I think, okay. Okay, there's, there's a plan for me personally. Lord, this is not about preserving myself and staying in survival mode. This is about purposing to do your will under the circumstances, even though I know they're, 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 they're frightening circumstances. I think they're exciting. Why are they exciting? Winston Churchill. I want, to have, I want to say these are exciting times. And, and I do believe that they are. And I know this is not communist China that we're living in right now. But t t tell us how we can look at these as exciting times. Winston Churchill said of a, one of his colleagues, he said, that man was cursed to have been born in uninteresting times. <laughs> and, you know, Churchill takes over the, the reins or the helm of the British Empire at its lowest moment when their military was decimated and Hitler was on the move. And he gives, he actually, you look at his speeches and he was a master of the English language. Yeah. And he inspired entire generation, entire nation to stand in opposition to tyranny. He defined good and evil and he rallied people to stand. And America didn't enter the war. He was, they were holding on, they were, that was it. And the Battle of Britain, and, and you, you see these RAF members and you look at Churchill's speeches and you see the inspiration he possessed. He realized that this was a moment in the span of, of redemptive history where he saw the plan bigger than himself mm. and realized he was simply an instrument. 
we get we get scared and we get clogged and trapped when we become the center of our universe. Mm. When it's all about you or it's all about me, we get a little nervous because we got to protect our stuff. But when it's not about you, it's not about me. And I've used this illustration before. It's out of Band of Brothers with Lieutenant Spears when he's looking at a private who's in a foxhole that was paralyzed with fear. And this young private sees Lieutenant Spears who's fearless. I mean, running into gunfire. You know, you can see the series. It's amazing. And he says, sir, how is it that you're not afraid? And Lieutenant Spears looks down and he says, private, we're all afraid. What you don't realize, though, is that you're already dead. And, and he said, the minute you understand that, you don't have to worry about fear. Because that's how all war is driven. What are you afraid of? What did he mean, you're already dead? Meaning, for example, Christ... Meaning you're already going yeah. to figure you're going to yeah, die you at the end th of this You deal? think you're going to get out of this war alive. You're not. Just fight. All war depends on it. You're, 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 you're preserving your life instead of realizing you can't. Just fight. Oh. Just fight. You don't want to lose your life, so you don't want to do anything. Right. You're trying to protect your but life. But you're already dead. Now fight. Jesus said, unless a man loses his so life, So what he's he saying is, I'm not getting out of this. Right. So fight. It's not about you. You're a soldier. Fight. You, you, there's, there's no living for you. It's fighting. I'll give you an example. The Apostle Paul says, I, ego, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. The Apostle Paul mm. gave up everything. And we have the church today because that man walked away. He, he would have been the kingpin of Israel. He would have taken the place of, of the, the high priest. He was the one in line, highly educated. And the next thing you know, he's being kicked through the streets like a soccer ball. And he's counting it all joy. And he would say, if there be no resurrection, I'd be of all men most pitied. Yeah. And, and yet, every day he lived with a purpose. And he'd already been crucified. I'm not afraid of dying. When that's taken away, there's no fear. Yeah. It, it's, it's when we think if, if we just hide and, and we build a, a barricade... And, and we have stores and we, we're, we're going to be all right. And you're doing that out of fear and that's self-preservation. Yeah. When you realize you're immortal until God's done with you, there's no weapon fashioned against you that'll stand. And your job is to do His will. That's it. How do I do that in a way that is not being careless or reckless? What does careless and reckless mean? Well, meaning um, uh, maybe I'm... I'm, I'm uh, I'm being neglecting foolish your with family. my decisions, neglecting your family. Communicate with and, them. And not just being some cavalier cowboy out there, you know, All right. saying, I'm, 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 I'm fine with getting shot. Shoot at me. Go ahead. Yeah. So my dad was a Navy captain. Mm -hmm. And he had, um, he was billeted for admiral, which comes right after captain in the Navy. And that would require that we would move from San Diego to Korea. My mom was the consummate Navy wife. It, it, they moved every two years. She had it down to a science. That woman moved everything, never, mm. nothing ever got broken. And she turned any place into a home. She was really gifted that way. And she was a great blessing to my father. She'd put together officers, wives, par dinners and gatherings. And 
his career was elevated because she was phenomenal. And she served him. And my dad said, to make Admiral, we've got to go to Korea. And my mom said, Roy, I can't do it anymore. My dad said, okay. Whatever you do, you do together. Because yeah, when, you, when you said at the altar to Chelsea, I give you my life. He said, I do. And she gave you her life. And she said, I do. You're each other's helpmate. So when Michelle and I were looking at the horizon on April 3rd, and the, the, actually the weeks leading up to when we had to disobey the restraining order, the first person I spoke to obviously was a lord. And the second person was Michelle. Mm. And she said, I'm in. Then I met with the kids. And I said, what do y'all think? And they said, Dad, you know, we're in. Then I took it to the executive staff, and they said, we're in. I took it to the staff, they said, we're in. And I took it to the elders, and they had a fiduciary responsibility. And they said, we're in. And then I took it to the landlord, and he said, Everyone we're was in. fine with you going to jail. Yeah, well, <laughs> but they all, had, they, they all had skin in the game. They yeah. needed to come to that understanding. And so we endeavored for unity, and we, we had obtained it, and even the congregation. So when we went forward, we counted the cost. We, we knew that they'd take the building, they'd take my house, they'd come after me. And when all of that was established, the fear was gone. And now yeah. there, there's nothing that they can take that I haven't already given I think, away. I think that's a good strategy uh, a, a approach. I, 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 haven't, I haven't done this, so I don't know where exactly where it ends, but I kind of hear you saying, look, follow, follow the path that you're afraid to go down and see what's at the end of it, right? Like, go, go look at the monster in the face. Yeah. And what, what is it that you're really upset about that's got you into this panic what, what, mode? What can that monster do to you? What can he really do? What can they do to you? Oh, they can take this, and they can yeah, that, and that, yeah. and that. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah, write it down. And, and really then look, look at, at it, it and say... Is what they can take from me more valuable than what God has called yeah. me to do? Yeah. And you're like, no. Okay. I think that's the first step, at least for, uh, for a lot of people, is just, just get me out of fear mode. Because when I'm in fear mode, I can't even think. I can't plan. I can't decide what, to, what positive things to do because I'm just blinded by or clouded by fear. And that's a great way, I think, to get out of just Just... Look that monster in the face. Find out exactly what it is that you're most afraid of, and then that monster, and then assess that, it and deal with it. That monster is greater than God when you're in fear. Yeah, that's right. Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And that's idolatry. It really. is. It is because you're afraid of losing. We live. We live in the illusion that we own something. Yeah. We're breathing His air, drinking His water, eating yeah. His food, living on His dirt. Yeah. We live by His rules. And anything we have, there are no U-Haul vans following the hearse to the cemetery. We're under the illusion we, we have something and we're going to leave something. The only thing we leave to our kids is character. I like that. I, I've always remembered, uh, I've remembered a couple of things that you've said over the, over the, over the Glad, last year. Yes. <laughs> um, and one of them is, my dad, he left me character. Yeah. And I thought, that's a great thing to leave. If you could only leave your My kids one My mom and dad thing, left me character, yeah. That's, that's what you want to leave them, character and an example of faith. Amen. I think that's, that's great. I'm sorry, I, 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 broke, I broke the train of thought that you were... No, no, I, I, I think you emphasized it. I was grateful for that. One of the other things that's been helping me is I, I thought of the story of, of uh, 
of the disciples in the boat in the storm and people are panicking and uh, then Jesus calls to Peter out on the water and Peter goes out to Jesus and while he's got his eyes on Jesus, he does the impossible. He does what makes no sense. There's no, if you tried to predict how that would have gone, uh, zeros, he would have sank. But he had his eyes on Jesus and God was upholding him in an environment that could not uphold him. And when he looked at his circumstances, the environment was such that he, he, he lost all that that ability and he, he sank. Began to sink, yeah. And so I'm trying to, to say to myself, okay, I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus, keep my eyes on heaven, and not base my feelings and my actions on the ability of my environment to hold me up and to guide me. I've, I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus so that I can love my neighbor and not be angry with them, yeah. even though I think they've been part of the problem. Uh, you know, so that I can keep my joy, even though I may feel like I'm in fight or flight mode. Right. Uh, I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus. What do you think about that? I agree. There's, now, there's two stories of Jesus on Galilee, uh, Gennesaret, in a storm. One, he comes to the disciples. They're, they're alone. And he comes yeah. to the disciples walking right, on water. Right. There's and the other one where he sleeps. And that's where Peter said, bid me to come to you. Yeah. The other one is before they launched out, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And then he goes to sleep. And then the storm's raging. And they say, don't you care? We're all dying. Yeah. You don't care. And he says, oh, you have little faith. And then he says, peace be still. So, and, and, and this is the point. What did the Lord say at the beginning? We're going to the other side. The Lord said it. Isn't he, amen, true? Yep. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Truly, 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 amen, 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 I say to you. Isn't he the word in the beginning was a word? The word was with God. The word was God. It's, if he said it and it's not true, then you better chuck the Bible because he is the word. And he says, we're going to the other side. That's what he said. Yeah. Okay. And now it's raging and they've given up all hope of living. They've been bailing, doing everything within their power. Yeah. And the Lord's asleep. It's like he's not even participating in the bailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I get a little caught here when you say this because I love, obviously I believe both of them, but I get caught where I go, what's my role? What's my role? And what, which story are we in? You know, has the Lord said, Hey, in our country, we're going to get to the other side. Uh, and then, and then he's like, Hey, wait a minute. They're not participating in the bailing. And I've heard you say that guys, you've not participated in walking precincts. You've not participated in this and that we've not done the hard work. We want somebody else to just do says, it for us. The Bible says, as it's possible with you live at peace with all men. Our, our responsibility is to engage. Jesus yeah. said the gates of hell will not prevail against the ecclesia. And, and, and the, the laws are the wise restraints that make men free. And, and I've come that you may know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we are his disciples. And this is our role. He's given us that marching order. We're going to set the captives free. It's that simple. Yeah. So what is your role? Your role is to set captives free. How do you do that? There's a, a whole series of ways. Yeah. And you pursue them. And that requires... He's bringing his kingdom yeah, through his yeah. people and us. Walking through it. And it's not his will. It's not dominionism. It's not a theocracy. It's operating in the context of the laws of nature and nature's God. Now, that being said, what's our role? As is possible with you 
until you do your part. And, the, and, and this is where we have the division between Arminianism and Calvinism. And as I say, I'm not an Arminianist or, or a Calvinist. I'm a Biblicist. Uh, I'm kind of right. Every Calvinist and every Arminianist says the same thing. Yeah, but the older I get, the, the more sovereign I see God. Yep. Now, I'm not a Calvinist. I struggle over limited atonement. And I, for the folks watching, I don't really feel like getting into it. We'll do it no, another, another night. fireside chat. Yeah. Uh, but but to, to sit around apathetic yeah. and, and to come up with eschatologies that justify your inactivity and yeah. apathy. No. No, that's not good. But I still struggle because I go... I, I need to trust in a sovereign God like he's got this, because he does. But I also have to do what Pastor Rob tells me to do, which is... No, no, you're not what get, I tell you to do. No, but I'm saying, you're, you're, but you're okay. telling us the right thing, all right, all right. which is... Participate. Do your part. Yeah. Participate. Right? Don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. But that doesn't mean sit in my prayer closet and pray because but, I have... But this right? is... So it's, it's... This is where you, I was going with this, and, and I think you'll see it. Yeah, Go. Your part can become idolatry. Yeah, I see that. I see that, how that can happen. That you, the, the, the political affiliation becomes greater than God. Yep, yep, I see so, so when you start living on the hopium of all of these memes and emails that are coming through, oh, the president's sending 8,000 troops and he's on his way to Texas. Or even and, my favorite political hero commentator. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of that, now it comes crashing down and you're devastated. Yeah. Where was your hope? Because God is sovereign. Right. He wants us to participate. And like he said to Joshua, when Joshua said to the angel of the armies of the Lord, he said, are you for us or against us? And it was a Christophany, appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. And, and, the, and Christ said, neither. It's not, about, it's not about me being on your side or their side. It's about you being on my side. Hmm. And, and so, like Lincoln and every other leader, you have to say, what is the Almighty doing here? Yeah. And how yeah. do I align myself with that? Yeah. Yeah. Because they said they were fighting for states' rights. Everybody prayed to the same God and wanted different results in the Civil War. But Lincoln looked and said, no man is to be enslaved. And, and you read his second inaugural address that the bondsman would, would require, he would require the blood and you lost 2% of our nation's population to remove the horror of slavery. Hmm. Has anyone stopped to consider? Do you think all that's taking place might have something to do with the fact that we've aborted 73 million children yeah, since 1973? Yeah, we'd be foolish to ignore that Holocaust going on in our Or I would say country. 60 to 70 million. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and even... The birth rate of the black community is flatlined because of the million abortions a year, 320,000 of those are, are black children. And, and that represents 13% of the nation's population. Childbearing is women, 4.5% of the nation's population. Yet it's, it's a large portion, almost 40% of all abortions in, in the United States. And we talk about Black Lives Matter. So do you think that we're killing human beings? Yeah. It's 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 horrible. It's it, it's horrifying, and and it's become, yeah. You know, but where's the conscience of the church in all this? Yeah, I know it's it's been relegated you're to not, the political realm, and but, then not and, dealt and, with. But no, no, no. You're not going to grow a church if you talk about abortion because you're political. Well, think, what is yeah. what is political about 
defending the defenseless. That's right. You know, my dad loves coming to God speak because he says, I, th- I think these messages that I'm hearing every Sunday are, are superb because finally, here's a pastor who's willing to talk about the issues of the day that most pastors won't touch with a 10-foot pole. And it's like, well, then how are you relevant if you're not helping with what's going on during, in, in the world? So he, he loves that. Yeah. And I know that a church that does that or uh, a restaurant that's standing against tyranny, you know, at, at the pizza cookery, yeah. You know, the guy says, I've been in business for 47 years. He said, I've never had uh, a December in my entire career as busy as it is right now. Well, and, and everybody's he, flocking there. For, obviously, there's no, no place else is open. But people are leaving larger tips. They're showing up more often they're because they want to support him because they're grateful. So his wife, co-owner of the pizza cookery, she, she comes from a family. Her, her father survived the Holocaust. Hmm. Wow. And she's looking, saying, I can't do this. She's, she's not um, Christian, but she's been in church every Sunday just because of the fact that we're contending. And I yeah. adore her. And, and I just think so many of us in this community, for the sake of our children and generations to come, and, and they're, they're going to cancel culture you. They're going to cancel culture me. They're going to control the narrative. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the virus has over 99% survival rate. Yeah. And they have muzzled us, shuttered our businesses, closed our churches. Unbelievable. Closed our schools, devastated our children, created the highest opium overdose in a 12-month period in the United States of America. We don't have the, the suicide data. Yep. They've made it, they politicized it, they've, they've created racial tension as a result, all of these things. Yeah. And they want to, they, and, and we're going to church and we're, we're having a candlelight service as the sun is setting. And somehow we are yeah. the Holocaust. Yeah. We're the perpetrators of, yeah. all, the, of all the evil. So, so and we could go on for another two hours talking about how, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, but let me ask you this. Is there hope for America? Always. Is there hope for America? Love hopes I mean, all things. And I don't mean that just sort of like as just a, a platitude. There's always hope for America. Like, I think people are genuinely wondering, is there hope for our children in America? Or are we watching this whole thing turn into this dystopian nightmare? I just watched a movie uh, called The Giver. I don't know if you ever read that book or saw the movie, but... Uh, um, Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges are in a movie called The Giver. And if you haven't seen The Giver, uh, really cool movie. I watched it twice. I never watch movies. It's funny. I make movies, but I never watch movies. And I watched this movie twice in the course of a month because it so reminded me of what's going on right now. Mm. It was like out of, the, out of the ashes, out of the ruin of some war, this new community came out. And it looked just like this table where there was this, like this, this um, abyss around it and the community had a wall around it and everybody inside was supposedly happy because... There was an elite oligarchy or a group of people who controlled all of the things. The climate was controlled. There was precision of language. Okay? Free speech. No free speech. Um, And all the choices were removed so that everyone would be the same. 
and nobody would have any choices. And there was no emotion because emotion could lead to anger and anger could lead to killing. There was no, uh, no weather changes because cold could turn into snow, which could devastate crops, which could produce famine. I, I got it. Robots, but go ahead. And the idea is Conformity. all of life got sucked out of it in the name of safety and health and yeah. for your good. Yeah. And nobody experienced joy or music or a marriage or love or jealousy or pain because those things weren't desirable. And I thought, I guess my question is, are we going there? Or is there hope for life and love and freedom and all these things for our children and grandchildren? Yes. So that's question. And then where's, where is that hope? And, and how do we interact with it? Yeah. So America is not an ethnicity. It's an idea. If you... If you're Japanese and you come to America and you become an Ameri- American, you're an American, you're an American citizen, you're an American. You go to Japan, live there your whole life, and you get citizenship, you're still not Japanese. Right. We're an idea. And that idea, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to sever their bonds. And, and it goes through this idea that we declared independence over the fact that we recognized that man doesn't make, that man isn't in charge of freedom, God is. Mm-hmm. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and down by their creator with these inalienable rights life, then liberty, then the pursuit of happiness. For this reason, governments were instituted among men and the Declaration of Independence wasn't made for America, it was made for all mankind for all time. It was, yeah. it was a declaration of liberty. Of that. So that still exists. Those writings are still there, and they have been for 244 years. The Constitution that our elected officials that govern by our consent, the sovereign, in the first three words of the preamble, we the people, that Constitution still exists. It's time to dust it off and revisit it and to reinstill in our children. One of the reasons why 40 million, or excuse me, 3 to 5 million Jews lived together for 40 years without a police force or a standing army in the wilderness after they had exited Egypt under slavery is because they had the moral law. Yeah. This idea that you, you honor God and you honor each other. You don't That's steal, right. you don't cheat, you don't lie, you don't right. you covet. We, we have to get to a place. Get and back the, to that. Yeah. And uh, is there hope for America? The ideas of liberty, there's always hope because they're inspired by God. They're always, it's always the heart of the Lord that you would know the truth and the truth would set you free. Yes, love hopes all things. Christ came to set the captives free. There's never been a freer nation. Will this form of America continue where we've, we've moved everything and federalized it and now we have administrations, uh, alphabet soup, running everything and usurping our power and we're losing the consent of the governed because the legislature is just a rubber stamp and now we're moving to the judiciary where they're the ones that are going to make Decide the laws. everything. I, I, we don't it, know. If, if that's going to change, it's gonna, but the ideas are timeless and eternal. So yes, that will exist. And I'll tell you where it's existing right now. My home. It exists in our church. Everywhere you and I have an influence, and the people who are with us have that influence, we've, we value and cherish liberty. So we contend for that. And it, it, is, it is a worthy endeavor. Yeah. And I, 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 
How did I you, beca- how did you become the interviewer? On, no, I'm just kidding. No. I resonate with what you're saying, and I, and I think, I wonder if in the great wisdom of God, in the, in the providence of God, that he's causing us almost to rewrite the principles of liberty and the Constitution on our own hearts. Yeah. Because we're going through it. Yeah. And it's like, this is messed up. We're losing precious things. What do we... I, I love the, tw- the Twitter example. My kids recognized that free speech was important when they saw the president get permanently banned off of Twitter and, and that they couldn't download certain apps. They, they suddenly got the concept of freedom of speech being important. Yeah. And, I, and maybe, maybe this is the time where God is going to awaken all of these principles in us as we see them being taken away and we say, we got to rewrite all of this stuff on our own hearts and our own minds. The... the- the coolest thing I remember Pastor Rick saying when I was with him uh, back in Phoenix, and he, he shared this, and I was really moved by it, because people are afraid to have families right now. And children require selflessness, and they require giving, yeah. and you know the, the old adage that a, a father is a man who carries pictures of his children in his wallet where his money used to be. It, it's a selfless endeavor to raise kids. Mm-hmm. And in a selfish world, that's why the birth rate drops, because I can go on a cruise. Why would yeah, I want to raise kids? Kids are expensive. But, but when, when you invest in that next generation and parents are going, oh, I don't want to bring a child into this world in such times. Jesus was brought into the world in those times. Mm. Moses was brought into the world in those times. Daniel, David. And these were all leaders. Not a great time to be having kids. It is a great time to be having kids <laughs> because it develops them to be that force. Yeah. To change the world. David would be in the cave of Engedi with 200 that were indebted, discontented, and distressed. Because they couldn't live under the authority of Saul because he'd made living righteously, uh, you know, unlawful, basically. Right. So they, they, they ran to the, to the cave. And David worked with them. And they ended up becoming the next administration when he became king. I would say for you and your family and for all the folks out there, number one, your, your salvation is not coming on Air Force One. We contend for the ideals found in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, which are all inspired by the Scripture, that we're created equal. Yeah. And to establish a form of government where that is very key, and we always contend for that, where we have those freedoms and that liberty. And we understand what that means because this scripture, liberty is man's idea, not God's. Or liberty is God's idea, not man's idea. And so we can contend for that for the course of our life, but never make politics the idol over the Lord. When all this went down and we saw what happened, you know, 500,000 people marching on Washington, 68 people involved in it, maybe there'll be more. Um, and, and to what extent, I don't know. I don't know what charges. Some that I've read are... I mean, there were some knuckleheads in there crazy um but then you you just you watch overnight everything we're going to martial law we're doing this we're doing that and we're taking down twitter we're to all this stuff happening i woke up the next morning and my bible was still there yeah and it's still true and when i prayed god was still comforting me and i worshiped with the people who are in agreement that our god reigns Mm. And he brought me a peace because he's not in heaven going, oh, good Lord, what's happening? And you know what I said that morning when I woke up? God, this is, this is bigger than our myopic view 
we kept thinking, well, this will do it, this will do it, this will do it. And we, we had a roadmap. Yeah. And we never once really kind of stopped to ask you, what are you doing in America right now? And that's when he opened my eyes to the fact he judges nations. He's not done, I don't believe, with America, but he certainly is calling us to account. And you know what? We're upset. People would come to me during the election. They go, I mean, you're, you're in the know. Is Trump going to win? And you know what they were asking me? Can I relax now? Can mm. I go back to my life? To the way things were. I don't think God wants us to go back to the way things were. It's, jo it's Joshua. It's like, are you for us or against us? And Jesus is yeah. saying, that, that, that's a question I have for you. <laughs> you know, I heard somebody say one time, um, they said, we got 2020 because of 2019. And I thought, whoa, wait a second. I, I, we got 2020 because of 2019. But, but I got to thinking, kind of like what you're saying is like, wait a minute. The Lord in his, in his providence, in his perfect wisdom, he causes all things to work together for good. And I don't know the details behind why 2020 went down the way 2020 did. There's a lot of us who wanted it to go in a different way. But how, how do I say this without sounding, sounding weird? I believe God knows what he knows. He knows what he's doing. And I know what he allowed, caused, ushered in, ordained in 2020 because I believe his plans are rolling out from eternity past yeah. into the future. And yeah. 2019 was the perfect setup for what we got in 2020. And I think part of it is a lot of what you're saying. We've been asleep in a lot of ways. And, and we're being called to account in 2020 and in 2021. And yet it's all working together for good and a positive result in the future. When you're in the middle of uh, a catastrophic event and, and it's happening in real time. Maybe it's an accident or you know, something is happening. Mm -hmm. It's like time slows down. And the clarity of what you need to do is all there. And all the peripheral stuff, you're not worrying about, did I leave the oven on? You know, none of that stuff matters. You can see it clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when the fires swept through here. You yeah. knew what to put in the car and yeah. what didn't matter. Anything that had a heartbeat, put it in the car, let's go. That's it. That's right now. That's right. It's, it's, it's a reevaluating of what is important in life. Yeah. And, and as this refiner's fire is burning through all the things we hold dear, and it's illustrative, not, you know. Yeah. And as that refiner's fire is burning through the things we hold dear, we're left saying, man, I... I really wasn't concerning myself with things that mattered. And now you have a new inventory. I'm not getting rid of a phone and social media because I'm afraid of technology. I want to go spend time with the Lord. Yeah, amen. I, I want to spend time with my family. I want to look up at the stars for direction as opposed to my phone. Yeah, that's so great. I don't want to be a cyborg anymore. I don't want to be controlled by people's opinions that I've never met. Yeah, amen. The, the last couple of days, um, uh, I, I just I said, you know what? I got my, my brother-in-law's in town, and you know he, he's uh, from a different part of the country, and we haven't seen each other in a while. And you know what? Like, 
my mind right now, for the last however long, feels like it has been under the control of the news feed on my phone. And so I said, for the next five days, I'm not reading the news and I'm not talking about this stuff. I, I, yeah. I got it. I, I got the lay of the land. Yeah. I know what happened. I know where we need to go. And so I've just spent time getting the garden ready for the spring. And I've been spending time cleaning up the yard and cleaning out my pool and, and talking with my family. And I thought, I wonder if that's going to make a difference. And already it has. It's made a yeah. big difference. My I love mindset's it. different. I love it. That's it. You know, seek the Lord. Be aware of what's going on. Participate in life. Set people free. Work to that end. And, you know, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I just, I think about the you way... You let up your intensity, though, about no. fighting and contending well, for what's, what's yeah, important. Yeah, because I, I ask the Lord what He wants me to do. I know. He's told yeah. me. But everyone rises and falls before one master. Yeah. I spend time. He directs me as to what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. That may not be your calling. That may not be someone else's calling. But I know what I'm supposed to do. I've asked Him. Jesus, you, you were pointing Him out. Jesus would go to a solitary place long before the sun would arise yeah. and there commune with the Father. And that, that's the idea is... Is anything we're doing really worth doing if we can do it apart from prayer? Spend more time praying. Yeah. Amen. We should do this more often. I love it. And, and maybe we don't have to record. We can just... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have to tell you, though, Kirk, the way that our, our paths crossed, and um, I, there's a lot of silver linings in 2020 um, that I, I, I can... The list can go on and on of the yeah, blessings. A lot of gifts in 2020. A lot of gifts. And, and one at the top of that list is you. I, I've really enjoyed getting to know you as a friend. Thanks, bro. Likewise. Been fun to live Hey, you know, and you like, I'm going this beard out for a, for a role I'm, I'm getting ready to play in a couple of months. What is it? And well, you can't you know, talk about I can't it. talk too much about it. Um, I was thinking of shaving my head to go with the beard. Don't do that. But don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The beard looks good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of fun coming up. So I'll, I'll look forward to sharing more about that. As we get closer. All right, sounds good. Oh, I want to. I want. This is it. I'll let everyone go because I. I want you to. I'm going to share it with him, and I want you to take a look at it. And, and you're going to have to put on the, the subtitles because the. Whoever the sound engineer was on this movie. The the dialogue is so good, but the sound is so bad. You need and I have not great hearing, but you you want to turn on the subtitles for it. All right, the professor and the madman, Mel Gibson, Sean Penn. True story. The professor, the professor and, the, and the madman. Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, two good actors. Okay, so so Mel Gibson plays Dr. Murray. Sean Penn plays, what was his name? Uh, no, he was Dr. Yeah. One was a Civil War surgeon, that's Sean Penn, who graduated from Yale. The other was a Scottish autodidactic peasant whose father fixed carpets. He had kids, he was a believer, and he taught himself. He spoke 15, 20 languages. And he was selected by the board of directors of Oxford to put together the very first dictionary in the English-speaking world. And you can imagine what an, an enormous task that was, the enormity of it. And so he sends it out to the British Empire, to the Americas, to every English-speaking realm, and he says, send the quotation of the word so that we can look it up, find its history, and confirm its meaning. And every citizen in the British Empire and through America was sending this in. One was this 
Civil, Civil War, War surgeon, surgeon, Yale graduate. He was the largest contributor of words in the Oxford Dictionary. And they came to find out he was in an insane asylum. His parents, he was born in Ceylon, Sri Lanka. His parents were missionaries. He went wayward, got involved with prostitutes. He was at the Battle of the Wilderness, snapped, got schizophrenia. He moved to England on his war pension, ended up killing a man who we thought was someone else. And that man was married and had six kids. He widowed that woman. He took his pension, paid for all the children, and taught that woman to read. Mel Gibson's character ministers to him with the Lord. He doesn't think he can be forgiven. And he, they both love the language and the power of words. The professor and the madman. The professor, professor and the, and the madman. madman. True story, you'll be captivated. I read the book before I saw the movie, and when the movie came out, I was blown away. Blown professor away. Professor and the madman. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's cool. so, something fun to do with your family. Yeah, sounds great. Would you uh, close us in prayer, and then we'll do the, and then you can read the benediction? Yeah, yeah, All sure. Right. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we, we thank you uh, for the opportunity that we have to have these kinds of conversations between friends. Thank you, Lord, that this can go out to thousands of people uh, over the, the, the internet. And Lord, we pray together. We thank you that you are on your throne and you're in control. You yes, promise Lord. all things are working together uh, for the good of those who love you, who've been called according to your purpose. Lord, I love you. Yes, Pastor Rob loves you. Millions in this country and around the world love you. And you have called us according to your purpose Lord, we want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Lord, our hope is not in who governs us or the laws that we make. We know that our hope is in your power working through the hearts of your people. So God, uh, give us peace of mind. Give us singularity of purpose and fill our hearts with courage to do your will. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, tradition, and I think we're coming up to like 270 episodes. I've lost track at this point. But when yeah. we get to th 300, we're going to do something fun. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll see. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to give you the blessing tonight. It's um, one we've been doing as a tradition on and on and on, number six. So yeah. go ahead. You take it. Uh, okay. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and your family and give you peace. Amen. I like Amen. how you added family. That's good. Amen. Well, God bless you and your family. Thanks. And uh, too. I can tell people that I've been in a video, a movie, well, not a movie, but a video with Kirk Cameron. Hey. And, I, and, and, and the part I played. For what it's worth. The part I played was me. Was you playing yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Rob McCoy. That's right. Hello, everybody. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. God bless you all. And uh, things are going well. So keep praying for him. Pray for all of us. And then this Sunday, we got Kirk, uh, Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk. And, and Sean, Sean Foyt. Foyt. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. All right. Yeah. Bless you guys. See you.